time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Well, thanks for taking some time out of your schedule to join us today on the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Walter Storholt here with Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting, office in Greensboro on Muir's Chapel Road. And you can find us online at roadmapfinancial.com to schedule your free consultation with Glenn and the team. And uh, Glenn, we've got a great show on the way today. We're going to be talking about tax consequences and the pros and cons of various account types. And so I think anybody listening to today's show is going to have at least one of these, if not many of these different types of accounts that we're going to be talking about. So I have a feeling that the information on today's show is going to be pertinent to just about everybody listening. Would that be a pretty safe bet? No, I think you're right, Walter. I mean, it it is just about no doubt about it. I mean, you know, it, it it's um, certainly virtually everybody that I that I come in contact with, you know, has you know you know one or two of these. You know, sometimes all of them, but uh, you know, oftentimes you know it's 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 really it really turns out to be you know, an education for folks to to really you know to peel back the you know the the curtain and you know and then take a look and see you know what's there and you know what are going to be the implications you know the different types of accounts uh particularly when you're when you're moving into retirement and and your and your income is coming from various sources versus just your wages and and that kind of thing it's enlightening to to really kind of look at it and see it's like oh okay that that this can do that and that can do this and and this interacts this way versus that and because everything you know your everything kind of changes and and that's what we're kind of talking about today and we, we want to really talk about those pros and cons and you know and and, and take a deeper dive so to speak well educated folks in the financial realm um, you know the most educated of our listeners will realize that there's different tax consequences depending on what type of vehicle or account you're saving into but I know several folks just you know they don't get that far into the details they they may put their money away and save it but might not truly understand the differences between if they were doing it in one account versus another hey maybe the spouse has a 401k through work the other wife's doing an IRA maybe a Roth maybe they don't really understand the differences between all those things so that's what we're going to break down on today's show the advantages and disadvantages from a tax perspective of the different types of accounts that you may interact with in your life. So let's dive into them, Glenn, and uh, provide some great education on today's show. So the first category of accounts we're going to talk about are things that you might, the buzzword that you might hear is tax deferred. So if you ever hear the words tax deferred, think about what we're going to be talking about over the next couple of minutes. And the accounts that fall into the tax deferred category are things like 401ks and your IRAs. This makes up a big portion of the pot of retirement savings, right, Glenn? Oh, absolutely, Walter. And I, I kind of like to think of it in terms of if, if you can imagine inside your mind, you know, you have three buckets, right? And one of those buckets you can call taxable, and one of those buckets you can call tax deferred, and the other bucket could be tax free or tax favored, right? And so these tax deferred accounts obviously are going to be in that in that in that middle bucket, right? And those are the things like you say, like your traditional IRAs, your 401ks, your 403bs, 457s, the you know monies that you put into these accounts that is pre-tax, right? You're putting it in before you've paid income tax on it, which simply means that you're deferring or postponing or pushing the taxes off into the future. And that future is is when you when you begin to draw the money out, that's when those dollars are gonna be subject to taxation, right? And so that's the kind of account we're talking about. And most people are very familiar with, with these types of accounts, you know, 
typically, you know, at work, you know, they're, they're putting money into their 401ks or they're putting money into IRAs, you know, and they've done that for a number of years, right? And the idea is it's like, well, hey, I don't have to pay taxes on that now. That's a, that's a good thing. And certainly it can be. The key question that I have for folks and, you know, in, in, the, in, the, in the lesson that, that, I, that I always want to kind of impart on folks is, is that, you know, you can literally, you can mathematically determine what's the right amount of money to have in each of those buckets, right? And, there, and it's possible to have too much in one of those buckets, in, you know, meaning that you have not enough in some of the others. And, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's certainly possible to have, you know, too, you know, too little in, you know, in, in particular buckets. What we find a lot of times, particularly when, you know, folks are, are like really nearing retirement or going into retirement and they've been saving for all these years and all they, you know, or most, most of what they've heard along the way is, is just keep putting money in, into those 401ks and the IRAs because, you know, and a lot of that's built on a premise that you're, you, you, they've heard this once, they've heard it a zillion times, is, is that you're probably going to be in a lower tax bracket in retirement than you are in your working years. And the, the challenge is, is that may or may not be entirely true. It might not be true at all, right? It might be true for a few years, but maybe not, not you know, not for your whole retirement. And so you have to kind of think, it's like, well, let's, those kind of accounts you have to, you have to be aware of is like, okay, everybody gets the idea you're going to be taxed on those dollars when the money comes out. And, you know, and one of the major questions I have for folks is, is that, okay, well, do you think we're going to, you know, do you think tax rates in the future are going to be lower than they are today? Do you think they're going to be the same as what they are today? Or do you think they're likely to go up in the future? And when I ask that question, you know, virtually everybody that I talk to says, well, Glenn, I think it's going to, I think it's going to be higher in the future. I mean, look at the, I mean, look at the national debt, look at the deficits that, you know, that we're running as a country, you know, and there's, I mean, somehow or another, we're going to have to pay for all this stuff. And so, you know, the government gets money from taxes. So it's, you know, we think it's very likely that tax rates are going to be higher in the future. And it's like, I, you know, I, I agree with that. I, that. That's very logical. I mean, you look at what's going on, it's, it's hard to not, not come to that conclusion. The challenge is, is that, well, if you have, if you have virtually all your money saved in, in, in accounts that are going to be subject to future tax rates, do you see a problem there? Right. And and folks kind of take a step back and say, you know, well, some folks have really thought about it. Other folks hadn't really thought about it in, in that kind of depth. But you know what you when you when you look at that account balance, you know your 401k or your IRA, you know ask yourself how much of that money is yours. And a lot of folks kind of look at that and they say, "What do you mean? How much of it's mine? Well, it's all mine." It's like, no, 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 no. It's it's not all yours. What you've done is you decided years ago to to put money into these these accounts with the understanding with the government that you are not going to pay taxes on the, on that portion of your wages that you put in there, that you were going to pay taxes, you know, on that when it came out. Right. And they were going to participate in the, you know, in, in the, you know, in the fortunes of your, of your account as it, as it grows, as it goes ups and downs and whatever, you would be taxed on the wages that you had, but also on, on the performance that, that your account had too. Right. And so, you know, you kind of think of it when you go to work, Right. And you go to work and you get your paycheck and let's say, you know, your salary is X amount of dollars. Well, nobody ever thinks that they're going to that X amount of dollars of their salary is going to be their take home pay. They know that their take home pay is going to be something less than that because taxes have to be taken out and everything else. Well, your 401ks and IRAs are kind of the same thing. I mean, that's not all going to be take home pay. Right. 
you made that you made that bargain long ago. The challenge is is you know how much of it's going to ultimately be yours and how much of it's going to be you know going to go to Washington or and how much of it's going to go to you know to Raleigh or whatever state you're in in terms of state income tax. And if you think tax rates are likely to go higher in the future, then that simply means that less of that money is going to be yours. And it's like, hmm, okay, well, you know, and, and, and when the reality of that kind of hits, it's like, okay, well, maybe, maybe we need to look at that, right? And there are some strategies of, you know, of, of looking at it and saying, okay, do you have too much in that kind of an account? You know, for most people, they probably have, should have some money there because, you know, let's face it, I mean, you've got, you, you know, with the way the tax code works, I mean, everybody's kind of used to the idea of, of, you know, the, you know, it's like, okay, there's this thing called adjusted gross income, and then I take deductions, and then after the deductions, there's taxable income, right? Well, you're always going to have some deductions. Even if you can't itemize, you're going to have the standard deduction, right? So, you know, you may want to have some tax deferred accounts to be able to create money to make sure, you know, to create income to make sure that you're able to take advantage of those deductions. But at the same time, you know, if, if, if it goes well over that, and the way that, that, that income in, in, you know, other income interacts with social security benefits, you want to make sure that you have the right amount in that kind of an account so that you can be as efficient as possible and you can be tax aware and, and wise about, you know, where your money is saved and have that kind of a tax diversification. And, you know, that, that's kind of the, the, the kind of the long and short of, of the landscape of, of tax deferred accounts, if you will, Walter. So it comes down to that pay me now or pay me later sort of feeling uh, when we talk about these tax deferred accounts. And it's you're paying them later, but you're paying them right. Like it's it's, it's going to happen. You've got a partner in that account with you with these tax deferred accounts. And he's an uncle. And his name is Sam. So, there you go. So, sometimes it feels like a really needy uncle, right? Sometimes. Sometimes it does. Yes. Not necessarily our favorite uncle. How about that? That's the safest way we can put it. Um, all right. So we've got tax-deferred accounts. Pretty good breakdown there, Glenn. What about then the next category, uh, tax-free accounts? Uh, this would be like an, a Roth IRA and now that tax-free account is a slight misnomer, maybe, and, and you had another word for it, I think, as well, when you were first describing the different types of accounts. Yeah, well, tax-free, tax-favored, right? I mean, the idea, I mean, that, you know, there, there, are, there are certain rules that have to be followed and whatnot, but by and large, if you, if you, if you dot a couple I's and cross a couple T's, you know, money that, money that, is, you know, that, that you pull out of Roth IRAs, you know, particularly, like I say, there's, you know, there's, there's a five-year rule, and I don't want to go into the, all the details of that because that could, we could take a whole show on that. But, but in essence, the vast majority of people, if they, if they, if they start a Roth IRA, they're likely, that, that account's likely going to be in place for five years before they start drawing out, you know, particularly the, you know, the, the gains on those accounts. So for all intents and purposes, if you've had that account for, or if you put that account in place and, you know, and, and five years from then you, you possibly think about taking money out, then, every, you know, you're going to be tax free there. And, and, you know, what comes out of that kind of an account, right? But the, th- the, the thing is, though, I mean, you paid taxes, you know, on the money that went in there, but you paid taxes on the money first, and then you put the money in. The benefit, you know, or the, the way that the dynamics of that works is, is that, okay, you, well, you've already paid money on the money that went, or paid taxes, rather, on the money that went into that account. And so now you, you're going to get the, the benefit of not only will you not be taxed on those dollars again because you've already been taxed on them, but the nature of that type of account, the growth that takes place in there, you know, that, that you know, would also be, 
would already be considered the taxes have, have been paid, again, as long as the, you've complied with all the five-year rule, but you get the idea. It's a tax-favored type of account. And in that kind of account, basically, Walter, I kind of think, you know, when I asked the question before, you know, if you have, an, if you have a traditional IRA or a 401k, and I say, you know, well, how much of that money is yours, right? And nobody can really accurately answer that question unless they know exactly what tax rates are going to be and how much they're going to draw out. Versus, you know, if you have a Roth, you know, you pretty much know it's like, okay, the money that's in there is mine, <laughs> you know, because you've already you've already paid the tax. Does that make sense? Yep, I agree with that. Uh, I mean, that kind of characterization of it. That's why I felt like tax free is a misnomer, right? Because it's just it's the pay me now, pay me later. You just already paid it. Yeah, you've already paid it. And, and like I say, I mean, you get the benefit of having the growth. The growth becomes yours as well. And, and that ends up you know, not being not being taxed. Again, if you're if you dot the I's and cross the T's, but that's pretty easy to do. But yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's a it's a scenario where it's, it's kind of the, the idea of having tax free you know, money there. Well, if you're drawing it out as as you know, as income, well, then that literally can be tax free income. Right. And, you know, what if you had, you know, what if you had a tax free pension, right? <laughs> you know, where you knew that there was going to be reliable cash flow coming in, you know, and there are strategies to be able to put that kind of a scenario in place where, you know, it doesn't impact, you know, your uh, the other the other parts of your financial life, you know, it doesn't necessarily I mean, it might show up on your tax return, it's just as a as a as a notation, but it doesn't necessarily go in the in the taxable column, and it doesn't create you know, unintended consequences with other types of income, like we've talked about in past shows, where we've talked about, you know, Social Security and, and Social Security is not inherently taxable, but it becomes subject to taxation based on how much other income you have, right? Well, you know, if you have if you have tax free income coming from that source of, you know, a Roth kind of an account, then, you know, it kind of leaves your leaves your Social Security benefits alone. It doesn't really interact there and it doesn't you know create that that scenario. And so that becomes something that's really interesting because sometimes, you know, having the right amount of, of, of those tax favored or tax free accounts can create a scenario with is it, you know, again, if you if and then you have the right amount in the tax deferred, you know, you're able to utilize your deductions and you're able to protect you know, not only taxes on your on your money coming out of your, your retirement accounts, but also taxation on Social Security benefits. There are ways to be able to get to a place where you, you know, you can you can protect, you know, all or part of your Social Security benefits from taxation in most cases. There are some folks that have other income from other sources that that they might not be able to completely protect their Social Security from taxation, but a whole lot of people can. And it's again, it's one of those things that's just outside of the awareness. And it's, it's like once you become aware, I was like, oh, I could I could start to reposition this way and I can create that and then be able to protect other monies and cash flow that comes in and, and all of a sudden now you've got a greater efficiency and you don't have to go chasing after greater returns to have re, you know the, the reliable income that you want to have because you know you, you you've created a scenario where you're going to have less expense in the form of taxation if you put that kind of a tax aware plan in place all right so if we have pay me now and pay me later as we turn the page now to our third type of account these would be taxable accounts uh, give us some examples of those, Glenn. And if we had pay me now, pay me later, what is this in between? Pay pay as you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, kind of, sort of, right? So you know, we've talked about. Remember, we talked, we talked about three buckets, right? You had your taxable bucket, your tax deferred, and your tax free or tax favored, right? Well, the taxable bucket 
you could throw a couple things in there, right? You could throw bank accounts, you could throw CDs, you could throw, you know, your, you know, after tax brokerage accounts, what, what you would call like an individual account or a joint account, you know, where, you know, you're, you would be oriented to the idea that you might have dividends or capital gains or interest that's going to potentially flow through to you on your tax return, either in every year or some years. Maybe it's like if you, if you sold something that had a gain, you might have capital gains that land on your return for that particular year. You might have dividends that, that are landing on the tax return. That's a scenario where it's not, it's not inside of a retirement account. So then whatever those things are, they are going to be reported each year to the IRS in the form of, a, of, of one of the 1099s that, that can go out. You'll get a copy, the government gets a copy, and then you know, that, then that causes you, you know, you're going to need to put that onto your tax return and it's going to be, it's going to be there, you know, each and every year. Right. And so that kind of a scenario happens. And so, you know, those kind of accounts, again, you know, you, you want to, you want to kind of think about it. It's like, okay, do you have the right amount there? And what's the right amount? Well, that's going to vary from, you know, different people and their, their different planning. But, you know, you certainly want to have your maybe some emergency funds there in case, you know, for the rainy day fund and that kind of thing that's, that's easily accessible, you know, either in the bank or, you know, or, you know, or those types of accounts. You know, you have to look in terms of, you know, how much do you really want to have exposed, you know, to the ups and downs of the market. There are certain folks that, that want to have those non-qualified or those after-tax brokerage accounts, you know. Those aren't necessarily a bad thing. They're not necessarily a good thing. They just, they're, they're, they're an account. And the, the question is, is does that fit into your overall plan? You know, one of the questions I ask folks is, you know, particularly it's like if you see a lot of dividends showing up on somebody's tax return, you know, you say, ask the question, it's like, okay, well, are you using those dividends to live on or are they staying in the account? And more often than not, I get, I get the answer that's like, well, I normally stay in the account, right? And it's like, okay, well, so you're not using that uh, for income. And, you know, yet in a lot of cases, it ends up creating taxation on your, you know, on your, on your tax return. And then we, have to ask the, we started asking the question, well, does it, does it make a lot of sense to be paying taxes on money that you're not using to live off of? And that's an interesting question. And for, for a lot of folks, it's like, well, I never really thought about it that way. And that there, that there is kind of a, you know, a, kind of a, a scenario there where it's like you start thinking about it and it's like, well, there, there is a certain amount of inefficiency in that. Now that said, there's pros and cons. For some folks, it's like, well, I, you know, I'll, I'll take the downside of that because I like these other benefits of it. And that's fine as long as you're evaluating it properly. But, you know, if you've got, if you've got lots of, you know, dividends that are showing up and possibly capital gains that are showing up, but for those, you know, maybe it's possible that maybe your social security wouldn't be subject to taxation or maybe not as much of it would be subject to taxation. So, you know, you might be in a scenario where you've got things that are landing on your tax return that you're not using to live off of, and yet they're causing taxation on, on that because of the type of account they're in, but they're also maybe having unintended consequences of maybe making something else subject to taxation and creating more of an expense. And a lot of times folks don't really understand the way that interacts. And, you know, that again, it's be, being tax aware and, you know, consulting with your, you know, with your, you know, with your tax advisor and whatnot, but just understanding how that works and what comes into play there. The other thing I ask people about in those kinds of accounts is, is that, you know, I always ask, it's like, well, if you've got taxes on those dividends or capital gains, do you take the money out of those accounts to pay the taxes or do you pay those taxes from somewhere else? You know, i.e. your lifestyle or your bank accounts. 
And more often than not, most people say, well, no, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to take the money out of those accounts. You know, I, I normally pay the taxes from, you know, from my bank accounts and my lifestyle and whatnot. And it's like, okay, well, so in doing that, again, there's, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, but at the same time, you have to realize that now, now you're getting a little bit of a distorted view of, of, of how those accounts are really performing because you're not taking out the expenses of those accounts. You're allowing those to stay in and you're paying the expenses. Basically, you're subsidizing that account by paying the, you know, a lot of those expenses from that account from somewhere else. And so you get a false sense of how well those accounts are really doing. And so you just have to be aware, you know, again, it's not necessarily a bad thing, but it should be inside of your awareness as to, huh, okay, well, I never really thought about it like that, Glenn. Well, again, it's, 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 you know, it's really kind of thinking it through and understanding how they work. Again, it's not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, but make sure you're making the decision and you've got your strategy in place based upon your knowing how everything works. You with me, Walter? I'm with you. Yep. Well, there you go. A great breakdown of tax-deferred, tax-free, and taxable accounts. If you ever wanted to know the the differences, the pluses, the minuses of all those different types of accounts and where you're probably saving some or a lot of your money for retirement and your financial future, well, there you have it. Some great information. Now, before we wrap up, Glenn, there is one other uh, kind of account that we need to talk about here, and it might be one that people wouldn't expect to hear in this conversation about tax consequences. But what about life insurance? Where does that fit into this conversation and this equation? Yeah, no, Walter, I mean, it certainly should be part of the conversation, right? Because, you know, life insurance has some really interesting, you know, um, you know advantages when it comes to, you know, taxation, right? I mean, there, you know, there's different types of life insurance, obviously. And, you know, there's, you know, there's term insurance, there's permanent insurance, and that permanent insurance, you might have, you know, whole life or index life or, you know, different types of universal life or even variable life. I mean, there, there's, there's lots of different there's lots of different things there, and I don't really want to go into into the details of all of that. I mean, that's a, that's a whole other show. We get to talk about life insurance, but but just in general, the you know, when we think about life insurance, you know, typically the you know in in most cases the you know the death benefits end up passing on to you know to whoever whoever the beneficiary or beneficiaries are that you know that tends to you know transition tax free, right? And there are situations where if you have a particularly tight, you know, a, a, you know, a specifically designed life insurance policy that you can add value into it. In essence, you, you know, you have, you have the insurance part of the life insurance policy, but then you also have the cash value that you could potentially access, you know, while you're still alive in different ways that, you know, they can have you know, a variety of different tax advantages. Also could have, you know, you know, long-term care or chronic illness type of benefits that are there that again, you know, would, you know, would, potentially be a scenario where if you know if, if I's are dotted and T's are crossed that could end up being you know a scenario where there's 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 not really any tax implications of that and so when when you're thinking about the different types of accounts again we go back to those major three buckets you know the you know the, the taxable tax deferred and tax free obviously life insurance or, or tax free or, or tax favored I think life insurance would, would tend to fall into into that bucket particularly you know in, in, in the vast majority of cases and there are some possibilities there to utilize that as a diversification tool for that bucket of money right because you're going to typically get leverage right away off of that when what I mean by that is is that 
you put in a certain amount of premium or, or even cash, or, you know, that's going to build towards cash value, you know, you get an enhanced death benefit, you know, right off the bat that if something did happen to you, then, 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 then you're going to get that, that multiple of that is going to, you know, is normally going to take place right then and there to, you know, to the heirs and that's going to be tax free. But, you know, you also have you also have the scenario where if you have the right structure of that type of policy and it's been in place for you know for you know for a while, you you can end up having a scenario where you can access that kind of an account. And it's kind of funny to think about you know a, a life insurance policy as an account, but but it does have the ability to access money. So I think that's that's kind of the, the way to think about it. Even if it's technically not an account, it's an asset that has value that you can access. And if you're if you're able to have access capital that way, and you can do it on a tax favored basis you kind of think of it in those terms but there can be some real advantages there to be able to you know to help in a lot of a lot of different situations you know it, some people even use that as kind of you know an emergency kind of fund where you know they, they maybe maybe draw money from there and you know maybe they pay it back or maybe they don't but you know and then there's the ability there's the ability to possibly take withdrawals possibly loans from that kind of a policy you have to you know you know understand the, the inner workings but you know again I don't want to you know go too deep in the weeds but the idea there is is that it has certain it's a financial product you know in the insurance world that has that has some very very interesting you know tax benefits if you know if you fuse in the in the proper ways and and a lot of people that's completely outside of their awareness and that said you know i think everybody should have a pretty good you know should have some you know greater understanding than what the than what the the general public does not that everybody's going to become an expert on all the different types of life insurance and how it might be structured but again, you know, it, you, you, you may want to at least, you know, educate yourself a bit about it, you know, and, and, you know, and talk to different ones about how the, the different types of policies can work to then be able to understand whether or not and be able to make a reasoned decision as to whether or not it should be part of your overall plan or not. Uh, you know, for some people, it, it absolutely is a, is, a, is, a, is a great idea. And for some people, it's like, man, it's, maybe it's a good idea. And there's others where it's just like, you know what, that's not a fit for, for this particular situation. You know, and the but the key is is that you know that to make sure that you're that you're that you're educated about it, and you're really talking with an advisor about how how it would interact, and really be careful as to are you talking with an advisor and somebody who's really working in your best interest, or are you talking to a financial salesperson? Because <laughs> there's a lot of financial salespeople out there that may or may not have your best interest at heart. But the whole point is is that make sure you understand you know, the, the, the different possibilities that life insurance may, you know, may be able to provide. And then, like I say, you can, then you can make a reasoned decision as to whether or not it should be part of your overall plan or not. If you are working with a true advisor versus someone who's just a salesperson, well, boom, you can have kind of right there a big difference in how your plan turns out. And so that is a great reminder. Well, I hope that answers a lot of people's questions about tax deferred, tax free accounts, taxable accounts, and life insurance. If you need some further education on these topics, I might suggest just coming in and meeting with Glenn one-on-one. It's always helpful to learn when you can put things into the terms of your accounts and into your situation. And that's what Glenn really specializes in, helping you see the financial world specifically through your portfolio and your plan. And so if you need some help putting that together and uh, getting ready for your financial future for retirement, Glenn puts those kinds of plans together each and every day. So reach out with your questions. Go to RoadmapFinancial.com. Click on the free consultation button to schedule a time to visit. Again, RoadmapFinancial.com, and that is a free consultation. Or you can call the old-fashioned way, 336-291-3535. 
336-291-3535. Glenn, thanks for the fantastic breakdown and education today, and we'll look forward to another episode with you soon. All right, Walter. Take care. You do as well. Thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time on the Retirement Roadmap Podcast. Mm-hmm.